Welcome to the podcast for December 1st, 2008 for jrnyquist.com. And uh, with me is William Kelso. He's a businessman with business operations in two states, Florida and Alabama, and he's operated a business in California. And we're going to be discussing the economy and how it affects businessmen these days. Uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Bill. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, um, I know uh, Florida is a tourist state, and of course we had the spike in gasoline prices. How did that affect uh, your business in Florida? Uh, the bottom fell out um, in Florida about halfway through last year and still has not picked up. It's gotten worse, actually. Um, I do know of uh, major layoffs throughout the state. I wouldn't be surprised... If Florida's unemployment goes over 20%, it wouldn't shock me. 20%. I'll bet it's, yeah, I'll bet it's over 10% now, easy. And, uh, yeah, it could go over 20. Of course, um, I understand from Employment Development Department here in California, the way they make the statistic in unemployment, and I think it stands in a lot of states this way because it comes from federal mandates, some of the, the uh, quali- qualifications is that if after six months, uh you stop collecting unemployment you're no longer counted as unemployed correct they uh as i understand it they believe then that you're not interested or you're unemployable if you're not working after 6 months they'll probably i would imagine change that as uh, as this recession or depression rolls on Right. I, I noticed, too, that they're extending unemployment benefits. They've been doing that in California, and they, you've probably seen that, too, in Florida, where uh, they've extended it beyond the normal period of time for unemployment. Yeah, I, I think Bush actually uh, mandated that, didn't he, the other day? Yeah, I uh, I only know that in California, that's uh, people are, are coming for their sort of re-upping their unemployment insurance uh, when they come to expiration time. So I don't um, I don't know any details beyond that. How long the extension is? I think the extension is three months, but I'm not sure. Um, three month period. So I mean, and and I and I know here in California, it's draining the um, compensation fund for unemployment insurance. Uh, in fact, the whole state of California, if if Florida's hit that bad, the whole state of Flor- uh, California is down 10 percent on state revenues, a little bit more than 10 percent. And Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger is confronting major budget cuts. They've already had a hiring freeze in place in California for California state workers. And uh, what they're proposing now is that every state employee take one day off a month. Uh, and oh, then they're, my. They're eradicating, without pay, of course, and they're eradicating two holidays, Columbus Day and Lincoln's Birthday, which were California state holidays. Um, and, and among other proposed reforms, uh, there seems to be an attempt to get a four-day work week for state workers, uh, which they're sort of suggesting is a 10-hour day, four 10-hour days, maybe to save utilities, I don't know. But I think that's going to end up being a uh, four eight-hour days as the state becomes more desperate and revenues continue to fall. Uh, what about Alabama? Is Alabama a little different? Alabama is a little different right now, Alabama, though I imagine um, Alabama will feel the effects. The whole South is a little different with the exception of Florida, Florida being, of course, a tourist destination. Some sections of uh, North and South Carolina, which are tourist destinations, are really in trouble. 
But the South, uh, because of its right to work, seems to be uh, doing a lot better. A lot of companies moved to the South, build plants recently. A lot of plants are coming online. A lot of automotive plants. So I know the Southerners are very upset about the bailout of Detroit um, because of the, you know, with, with all of their, um, all the goodies in their, uh, in their union contracts. Uh, they're making eighty thousand dollars a year, and the workers down here would be making half of that, and they don't see why we should be bailing them out if they're not efficient. Right, right. Well, you know, it's it's funny you should mention that about this uh, state like Alabama, uh, uh, not feeling it, and the people taking a lower wage than in some of these northern states or or other places. I, I was just thinking about the election. Uh, and the red states are mostly southern states. And I wonder if you did an economic survey if the red states are the states that have not yet been affected by the economic downturn where people actually work for lower wages and prices are already lower so that the, uh, the effects of the decline of prices that's hit uh, New York and California, for example, so hard are not affecting places like Alabama. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a, a banker friend of mine. He was in the see me the other day, Jeff. He had something funny to say. He talked about those toxic loans they sent to New York, and he said, I guess the small-town bankers aren't so stupid after all, huh? They're not one bit affected by it, he was telling me. He he, he runs a, a, a small bank here in Alabama, and he, he said that they're fine. They packaged all them loans up and sent them to New York, and they bought them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh yeah, well, yeah. you know, maybe maybe the people in the red states are just smarter than the people in the blue states. Maybe. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I don't know about that. I just think that there's a different culture here. You, uh, I do know in the business culture here, uh, the idea of bailing somebody out. Um, I'm a businessman, and nobody's going to bail me out. I can tell you that here, it's sink or swim, which is probably as it should be. If you take the risk, but then the rewards are, are usually uh, larger if you do work for yourself. So uh, you do take the risk. Um, the the uh, other states, uh, they try to. Uh, it seems to me they try to regulate the risk, and and um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't seem to be working now with the uh, with the banks all failing. I think their idea that they can manipulate everything is uh, is uh, coming uh, the. The chickens are coming home to roost, shall we say. Yeah, you, bring, you raise a good point. People are trying to uh, make a world in which risk is eliminated. And we've got all these forms of insurance that we get, life insurance, you know, health insurance, automobile insurance, etc. And and really what the government has been trying to do is trying to ensure that there's, you know, no recession. They want to make a recession-proof economy and they want the prosperity to be steady and and even in, you know, even I, I was reading a, some kind of manual about uh, what the government proposes in terms of interventions in the economy, and it's to smooth things out, to make everything even. And my goodness, this whole thing with uh, the, the credit inflation causing leading to what people didn't expect, uh, an enormous crash, perhaps the biggest crash in history, but it's fascinating that the banks, that a banker in Alabama says we're not affected which suggests to me that this is an a West Coast, East Coast, urban, maybe Yankee, West Coast um, debacle in the economy. And, it, and it's international in its scope, but certain um, bankers who, who used good banking practices are not going to be as affected. I imagine if we do go into a depression, 
uh, it would it would start uh, affecting the out of the way places. But the um, some of the smaller uh, states, and probably not only in the South, but probably in the Midwest, even in the maybe even in the Northeast, would not be as affected as much because they're much more self sufficient. I find that um, all my vendors, uh, when I do business in Alabama, are all local. They all are from Alabama, and they manufacture some things here still, which is kind of odd. Uh, other places of the country import everything. Yeah, they don't manufacture. That's interesting. Now, you had a, a business operation in California, and you left. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, was the uh, business climate not as friendly? Was the state government a little int- more intrusive? Were the taxes oh. higher? Oh yeah, it got so neurotic at one time. Well, the taxes certainly, and uh, and and uh, the of course, uh, Florida has no, and I'm a resident of Florida now. They have no state income tax. But neither does Tennessee, by the way. Uh, Alabama does, but uh, the state of Florida got. I mean, the state of California got so so neurotic. Uh, I had a small hotel. Uh, they're a really quaint little place by the water, small little fishing village. And um, I got a notice that I had to put a sign up at the front desk that smoking can cause causes cancer. And if they walked in and they didn't see the sign, I had a $250,000 fine, the first offense. This is how neurotic the state had gotten. They were passing laws that just made business. And I don't know what hotels have to do with smoking. Um, my hotel was a non-smoking hotel, but I had to have this sign. It's, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's completely, completely, it got completely neurotic. Um, I actually got a letter one time from the Chamber of Commerce, local Chamber of Commerce where I was, that told us basically we have no power in Sacramento to get out. <laughs> if you can, to sell. This was 2003. And, and so let me. I took their advice, by the way. <laughs> you took their advice. The Chamber of Commerce in California told you, as a business, and I assume other businesses, that it's time to get out of California. Correct. In other words, Correct. the state legislature and the politicians weren't going to be weren't paying attention to what what they businesses... couldn't get meetings. They couldn't even get meetings. They said at the time, they couldn't get in to see anybody. Oh. The, Wow, that is mind blowing. And it's is that because the legislature is so far to the left and hates business, or what? yes, it got neurotic. They had gotten power uh, earlier, and they had passed everything they wanted to pass. Then they started, as as most parties will, getting neurotic about what they wanted because they had unlimited um, they had unlimited power. That's kind of what scares me. If if there's no check in the in the Senate on the uh, on the U.S. Congress and the, and the newly elected president, they do get neurotic when they have total power and um, they can pass whatever they, they deem want, necessary. Yeah. yeah, there is a there does seem to be a rule that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And you've got uh, one party in charge of everything. It it can be very uh, harmful to the system. Uh, you you mentioned uh, you touched on the new administration coming in, and with the Senate here, we're going to have the Democrats controlling the House and the Senate and the White House. Uh, and we've heard a little bit about um, what uh, Barack Obama wants. Uh, and of course, the, he's he's got this health uh, care plan 
for employees and stuff. How, how do you see that uh, affecting you? Have you studied that at all? Yeah, the health care plan is, is the biggest worry I have as a small business owner. I will uh, People will lose their jobs with me. People will lose their jobs if they demand that because it, the cost is so prohibitive that I'll, I'll actually be doing shifts and we'll just work, we'll work certain, I own a couple of small hotels and we will do, uh, we'll do some of the cleaning. We'll do some of, certainly we'll do the maintenance and, uh, and we'll do some of the front desk if we have to. If they, if they pass that mandatory, they're talking about tax breaks, but those tax breaks are usually so complicated and, um, and, and, um, don't really, really make up for the cost of what they're going to, uh, impose upon us as small business people. Now they may exempt us, uh, for not having enough employees. I have, uh, 20 employees. So, um, I think though the cutoff's usually about 12. So I will have to get health insurance, which means I'll start cutting back employees. And so people then lose their jobs. It doesn't really, but it doesn't really, really help that many people. Um, but, um, you know, you deal with whatever laws they they pass. You're you're vulnerable to it as a small business person. Yeah, well, that is true. We are very vulnerable, um, and of course, uh, with the fluctuation of revenues, you have a different kind of situation in Alabama versus Florida. Since the price of I'm curious, since the price of gasoline has fallen, and here in California, this is unheard of. We had gasoline at a dollar eighty five a gallon here at a local uh, station. Um, is is business picking up in Florida now that we're heading into cooler weather and the gas prices are down? Um, it is um, a little bit discernible, but um, we're uh, you know for the year we, we will be down oh thirty three percent from the year before. We actually had a, a strong uh, beginning of two thousand and seven um, at my hotel, but. Um, but other hotels actually felt it uh, at the beginning of 2007. So 2007, actually, uh, we didn't lose money from 2006. We're about even. But um, 2008 now, we will be down at least 30% in Florida. But I, I have noticed it ticking up a little since the gas. The the hotel there is vulnerable because it's it's a worker. A lot of workers, builders come and stay at that hotel um, the hotel in Alabama is a corporate hotel. It has a different clientele and seems to be doing better. Alabama seems to be doing better as a whole. But so far, I haven't seen the drop-off. The business and salespeople are still on the road. They're still moving around. But the workers in in Florida and the tourists, because uh, I talk to people around the state, tourism has died in Florida in its all because of the gasoline. Now that gasoline's come down, People are still, I think, a little scared. Uh, I imagine that um, there will be uh, a, a slow, a slow. Uh, usually, the the uh, the season in Florida is from January first till April first, when the snowbirds come down to visit and get a, and beat the cold after the uh, holidays. They come from the north, and I believe that uh, this year you're going to see a discernible drop off in that. Even if gas continues to fall because of the economy, people just are not going to indulge in trips, and in um, and 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 uh, they probably will stay home. 
Huh. Interesting. Interesting that 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 the uh, you you get hit with this double whammy. You get hit with the ga- high gas prices, then you get hit uh, with the recession and people you know trying to hang hang on to their money. Uh, so tourism in California also has been hit, and also the building trade. I think building is weak in a lot of these states. Uh, where where we had prices, real estate prices spike, and I was just curious in terms of real estate. Florida's real estate bubble happened when was that more recent than California? Yes, yes. Well, California has a bubble, as you know, every few years, and then it then it deflates, and then. But this bubble in Florida, <clears throat> Florida usually has a bubble that happens on oceanfront or beachfront property. Um, but this one happened statewide, and it started in about '03, and it lasted till <clears throat> the end of '06, and then the bottom fell out. I would say that it's, I would say that it's down about 30 percent wow. the prices of homes. Yeah, so anybody who bought then is uh, is sitting on property that's of no value. I saw a fellow on TV. Uh, he was on one of the financial networks talking, and he said. If your home has taken a 10% decrease in value since this whole thing started, you're crazy to pay your mortgage. Wow. He said, don't pay it. Don't it pay doesn't it. make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and I understand a lot of overbuilding took place in Florida. There are just a lot oh, of yes. empty condos and stuff yes. all over the just state. Just like, um, like Sacramento. I guess the Sacramento area out in California, too. I was yeah. reading. Yeah, really took it hard. Yeah, they and, uh, overbuilt in Sacramento area, and how, houses a three bedroom house reached about four hundred thousand, and then it fell down to about one sixty. Well, I I I, I was reading. I, I I could remember in the early two thousand sometime, uh, Jeff. I was reading an article about this guy had a theory that the housing market was going to crash because of the amount of eligible people who actually wanted homes and it had something to do with the population levels and blah 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 but right. this uh, was an interesting because I remember it distinctly he talked it would happen around 08 happened a little bit before it but he talked to 08 09 that it was going to crash and that it wouldn't get back together until 2012 2013 interesting yeah and of course in California it's been according to region uh, people are just not admitting in places like LA, Orange County, and San Francisco that the prices, you know, that houses are not worth what they claim to be. And people just insist that they're at this high level. So real estate doesn't move there. Real estate is moving in places like Sacramento where it's fallen and people have accepted the reality. Um, I, I've heard also that in, in terms of building and tourism, Hawaii has been hit hard, also a tourist state. Uh, also a state affected by the high price of airline tickets, which were affected by fuel prices too. So, oh, don't go, don't go tempting me now. I'll have to go there and see if I can buy some cheap, uh, <laughs> cheap property on Maui or get yourself more overextended. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, who knows? You know, but there's no business there. You know, that's the thing I'm, I'm told is that people in Hawaii, they're just dying. I talked to a friend there. What, who's, what a, pl- what a place to suffer though, Jeff. Yes. Yeah, that's true. If you want to be homeless, be homeless in Hawaii. You can sleep yes, on the yes. beach. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, uh, one of the things that we're all wondering, of course, is whether, when or whether there will be a uh, bottom on this and things will start to get better. And, uh, and of course, we have the bailout. And we were talking a little bit uh, before about it. We had this bad leg uh, about a week ago 
where the stock market took another huge hit and uh, fell about 800 points in a week. And, uh, and, and, you know, they had the, uh, the Treasury Secretary before a committee of Congress and they kind of raked him over the coals saying, uh, what's going on? And he was saying, well, basically it's not working and we're not able to stop this thing from, from happening. And when you, as a businessman, when you hear this sort of thing, I mean, what do you think? I, I think that it's it's uh, there's a possibility uh, we've talked about before, Jeff, you and I, of a run on the dollar. It could be hyperinflation, or if they decide not to print the money, then we would go. I mean, there could be some really really rough periods in the next couple of years. Um, that would, uh, you know, one thing is everybody's in this together. Uh, they're not, as I understand, in Florida, they're not evicting people out of their houses. They've stopped. And they're trying to actually, um, they're trying to actually get people to, uh, um, what can you pay? And they're making deals all over the place. They're renegotiating. Yes, they're trying to shore this all up, letting the government eat the, uh, toxic, uh, the toxic loans, I guess. And, um, and, and getting it, trying to find a bottom to the value. Uh, it hasn't hit, by the way, as much. In the commercial real estate, like I said, I do own some uh, properties, hotel properties, and it has not hit the value of the hotels yet. In some places it has, but it's nothing like the uh, housing market because they actually demanded usually 20 or 25 percent down um, in, in, in the uh, commercial real estate. They never lost their, 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 their right kind of practices. So, Right now, that's not that's not a problem. I think the problem is more international now. As you look out, I'm not as as as, um, as versed in that as you are, but it does seem to me that that's where the question remains: whether there be a run on the dollar, or whether they're going to keep propping up and using the United States as the as the main tool in the economy, the world yeah. economy. Yeah, they had a, a, somebody was telling me, and I didn't actually see the piece, that there was a piece in the New York Times yesterday or the day before, you know, it was the day before yesterday. And, and uh, what the piece said was basically that the United States government, some officials said, don't worry, uh, about there not being enough money to fund these government programs. You're not, you're going to get your social security check. Uh, we'll, we'll print it if we have to. We'll print the money if we have to. And of course, that is not good news. Uh, the, and the ignorance level of government officials now about the about the consequences of these uh, economic moves. Uh, what's interesting is the way the uh, discipline of economics has evolved to where understandings that had developed through the Great Depression about what not to do and what to do um, did not uh, did not take hold in this new generation of business people and executives people who are managing the economy, especially in the government. I have not heard anything from President-elect Obama yet to indicate that he understands that bailing out businesses may not be the way to stop the economy from unraveling. Uh, he did appoint Paul Volcker to the, in, be in charge of this special, I don't know if you saw the press conference last week. Um, yes, I did. <clears throat> um, and Paul Volcker, by the way, is, is a pretty tough economically savvy guy who stopped this country from going into a Great Depression uh, by his, uh, his battling inflation in the late 1970s. He, he basically brought inflation under control in the early 80s 
uh, and and did a splendid job. Those people that were with him on the Federal Reserve Board there, um, they basically because we we had gone into double digit inflation, we had stagflation in the economy, we had the most serious uh, recession since the Great Depression there in the early eighties. And so, I mean, that's that's good. Uh, but when I look at Bernanke, and I look at Paulson, well, Bernanke, I don't, I don't trust him. I don't trust his judgment, and I'm not sure where he's coming from because this is the same Fed, the other people on the Fed, who under Greenspan expanded credit so irresponsibly for so long. Yes, yes, I agree. And um, it seems to me that he just what his uh, Treasury Secretary now is the uh, was the old Fed chief from uh, was it New York State? Yeah, is that what the bank was from? Yeah, yeah. So I, he was part of that whole he was part of that whole deal. So I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if if uh, President Elect Obama has a grip on this. I'm not sure anybody does, by the way. But I'm not yeah. sure if he's got a. Volker's a good move because Volker has seen this before. Yeah, yeah. And, he's, uh, uh, he's 81 or 82 years old. Maybe on this scale, but he's seen some things, yeah. He is along in the tooth, though. I don't know if he has the energy yeah. to really apply himself. Well, he looked at the press conference. He looked healthy and uh, active. Um, and, of course, what's important is that judgment and understanding of economics that allowed him to, uh, you know, I mean, because when you have a, a tough economic situation, what you have to do is you have to be austere. That is, you have to cut government spending. You have to uh, bring your budget in line with your uh, uh, your resources. And, of course, you have to keep inflation down. You have to make sure that you don't print dollars, that you don't expand credit too much, and that you allow the, the, the businesses to fail that are going to fail in this period. Uh, I was just reading um, Joseph Schumpeter last week, who was talking about the business cycle, and Schumpeter had a unique sort of theory. He was of the Austrian school, but he was trying to tell his fellow Austrian economists uh, that cycle theory is not complete rubbish, that in fact there's a reason that, that, that the economy doesn't change all at once. There are old businesses, there are inefficient businesses, and they don't just disappear overnight. They run into the red, and they borrow, and then what happens is is that there all of a sudden there are these crashes where all this money is lost because these businesses were failing all along and nobody realized it. And so um, he said this period period of uh, depression is not only, as the Austrians say, a period of healing where the, where the bad bad business practices go away. Yeah, it's, it's quite necessary. Huh? Yeah, you have to flush out those businesses that are not being run right or sh- or shouldn't be in the economy at all. And, yes, uh, well, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's it's like people with their own personal finances. You know, when they go bankrupt, they go bankrupt. You know, and and they have to then suffer the consequences. We've made it probably too easy. They have changed some of the rules on personal bankruptcy, so uh, to to make it a little harder uh, than it was. Uh, but um, it, you should feel the pain, and and and, and nations, and even. Uh, 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 cultures should feel the pain of of overindulgence we've overindulged we've overindulged uh in so many different ways we've uh we've babied ourselves we've babied our children we've babied well, now we're a baby nation and um <laughs> what what scares me the most is that this this medicaid is out of control this whole medic oh, medicaid yeah. business it's so out of control people now getting free uh you know George Bush, the great conservative, uh, people getting free uh, free drugs now, as if we're not medicated enough. 
they want to make it free for everybody. Uh, just uh, astounds me that people, uh, you know, having growing up, having having you know, being um, middle aged now, I remember a completely different country, Jeff, and I remember a completely different culture, and I'm astounded about the lax, the lax, the, the how lax everybody's gotten, and how, and 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 they actually think they're. You know, now that they're suffering a little bit, they think they're poor. Well, they don't know what poor is. They may find out, but they don't really know what poor is, Jeff. No, they don't. Well, I I remember 32, 33 years ago when my great-grandmother lost her eyesight, uh, and everybody in the family was so shocked. Well, she was in her 90s, and she was born in the 1880s. Um, She lost her eyesight, and uh, it was so traumatic for her to go to a doctor because this woman would never take aspirin. And she wouldn't go to the doctor unless she was dying. And uh, this is the way people That's were. how she lived so long, yeah. That's how she lived so long. Now, her father was wealthy, in uh, a wealthy uh, landowner and farmer in the San Joaquin Valley here in California. But, uh, but she married a guy that wasn't that well off. And uh, they had a farm, but they didn't do so well. So they, she'd experienced both prosperity. And so she wasn't just someone who was from a poor family. She was from a, a well-to-do family, but she knew how to make ends meet. And people just had a different attitude about health. If you get sick, you see a doctor, and you pay the doctor as you go along. But you, you don't, uh, you don't go running to the doctor for all these pills. I mean, I look at people today who are in their 70s or in their 80s, and they they'll line up their pills on a on a table and fill the whole table with different kinds of pills they're taking. Oh yeah, it's not only that; it's the children. They run to the kid gets a sniffle, they run to the doctor, they get those, uh, you know, he, he fills them up with all kinds of different pills and their immune systems then don't learn how to, to battle and, and they don't become strong adults. And also they're teaching them to run for pills and run, you know, they medicate the kids, of course, in school because they can't, they can't corporately punish them anymore. So they don't know how to deal with the boys, so they have to medicate them. So they get they, Ritalin. Yeah, yeah, they've invented, they've invented uh, diseases for them. And, but it's just, it's just, it's, these are just effects, they're not the cause. The cause goes deeper. We became wealthy. We became lax. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. And it, the connection to the economy seems pretty clear. Oh, yeah, that's why it's so important to people. I, I can remember even back in the 70s when the economy went down. I mean, it was important, but, you know, your family, there was a lot more important things. I mean, you, you took notice of it, but but now you'd think the sky is falling the way people are reacting because, you know, they might have to, uh, you know, sell one of their cars or uh, not take that trip to Europe, Jeff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you, uh, William Kelso, for joining us, a businessman with operations in Alabama and Florida. And uh, we'll we'll have you on the show again or on the podcast again and give give us an update about what's happening in, in the economy in those states. Oh, great. Thank you.